Wow, Marvel was not fucking around with Comic-Con this year. Polaris in the comic books recently is depicted with her coffee. Like, what is your ideal morning coffee situation? When I do drink coffee, it's a black coffee hot with one Splenda. And I believe that's also what Lorna would drink in real life. A daddy cable. Daddy cable. I would love that. I would love that. Shout out to the Powers of X-Men podcast. I just writers at Marvel Comics right now. The Pretender's Death, like the... Familia Power of X-Men, we're with... Do you love Power of X-Men? I love Power of X-Men. Marvel Studios may not have a presence, but Marvel Comics, Marvel Entertainment certainly does. I cannot believe the amount of reveals that have been happening. I woke up this morning and I was like, okay, you know, preview night's over. This is the first official day of Comic-Con. How much news can there actually be <laughs> and there is a lot i wonder if it's all front loaded though i what what can we possibly get for the rest of the weekend you know um i i have to tell you that i you know i, I decided not to go to comic-con this year as we've discussed in the previous episode with michelle waffle Dettel, our co-host here michelle waffle Dettel, who's on site at San Diego Comic-Con right now. So a lot of the content that we are getting is thanks to her, thanks to everyone in this community. Warpath Dylan is sending me photos of Marvel Legends reveals. I'm on X Twitter. I'm pulling everything there. But really, I want to shout out our co-host, Michelle Waffle Dittle, who is basically taking over our Instagram presence today and probably the rest of the weekend. But yeah, in an earlier episode, I said like, oh, our panel got rejected because it's a actor heavy panel and we were like you know like because of the actor strike and the writer strike which we support but you know rightfully so san diego comic-con the people who organize panels weren't really into the idea of us having a actor you know heavy panel so we you know we did not get approved for our panel michelle came to me she obviously had tickets because she's michelle <laughs> and i passed on it i was like you know what i we're remodeling our kitchen which you're gonna no virtual background. It's it's messy. Don't get me wrong. But there's the kitchen. I have to take off the shrink wrap. We have some electrical we're still doing. We're doing exposed pipes right there. We're going for an industrial look. We just painted and sanded our staircase. So, you know, we our backsplash was delivered today. You know, so, so I had to be on site. They had to you pay people to, like, install, like, equipment and, like, you know, your refrigerator, you know, your dishwasher, all that has to be officially like plugged in. So, you know, whatever appliances need 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 that level of TLC. So I had to be here. I made the, the decision not to go to San Diego Comic-Con. 
And I was like, whatever. It's like it's going to be a like a lackluster year. Like no one cares is caring to go this year because all the studios and everything are pulling out. And Michelle was like, well, you know, Comic Con before. You know, Comic-Con before all of this, like, MCU stuff, you could just walk up and buy yourself a ticket, you know, day of the event. And I think in many ways that's how I'm going to say the vibe is here. This feels very just comic-focused. And some of the reveals have just been next level. You know what I mean? And I'm really, really excited um, for this because, because like, the X-Men have been kind of lackluster lackluster in the last few months. I think the weeklies have been kind of bad. I mean, there's so much like Marvel can't put something out without it being contentious. And all the news that's coming in right now from San Diego, it's just really fun. I can't tell you how fun it is. And I'm sorry, if I look distracted or anything, it's because I'm doing live updates on my San Diego um uh, on our on X-Men Twitter, on X Twitter and everything, because news is just coming in and it's next level. So I want to dive into some of the news that we've gotten today and, and sort of go everything go through everything. The big news is obviously a clip of X-Men 97 was shown. And I, I guess let's just go to it. It was in the um, Marvel. This is Marvel podcast. This week in Marvel podcast did a very special x-men live taping at san diego comic-con literally like an hour ago i was waiting to record this episode to see if anything would come out and you know they they had some reveals which we're going to get through and sure enough they did a x-men 97 clip which i'm refreshing over and over again on my feed to see if it's hit but so according to cbr and other people we've seen um we got an exclusive look at x-men 97 which revealed master mold a pregnant Jean Grey. We called it. We said Jean and Cyclops were going to be starting a family. We said it. That was one of the original intents that the Leewalds had wanted to do for Jean. She was going to get pregnant in season two of the original animated series. Archangel and Bishop as official members of the team. And Cyclops saying the classic line to me, my X-Men. And they're with Mr. Trask. They're inter- interrogating Mr. Trask. Bolivar Trask. So... I think this all sounds great. There's not really much to react to other than saying that, like, yeah, we knew that if the tides had changed in favor of the mutants, Gene and Cyclops, we're going to find this as an opportunity to really live their life. And they, and they said as much, Rogue and Gambit and Gene and Cyclops. I think Rogue and Gambit will always be called to the drama of the X-Men. I have said that before endlessly. But I think Gene and Cyclops, we're going to see we're going to see them start a family. He said that Gene was using Cerebro. Again, this is all stuff I'm reading on Twitter. I haven't seen the clip. It has not been posted online yet. No images have been released. Ah, it makes me want to be there so bad. But here's here's a million dollar question. Is she pregnant with baby Nathan or baby Rachel? <gasps> you know, if she's pregnant with baby Rachel, I'd be kind of worried about this timeline we find ourselves in because you know, baby Rachel grew up in the Days of Future Past timeline, and we know Gene died in Pittsburgh with a bomb set off by Mastermind. I was going to say Master Bowl. <laughs> Mastermind. So I hope it's baby Nathan. I, I hope it's baby Nathan that we're going to see. But yeah, I the second they released that that bit of tidbit, that plot tidbit a couple of months ago when they were like Cyclops and Gene, you know, they're questioning, you know, their life. And, you know, maybe it's time to move on because, you know, since Xavier left, you know, to space, the tide has changed for mutants. There's a lot more acceptance. 
what are they going to do? They're going to have a baby. That's that's what you're going to do. So I'm really excited for that. I am so excited. Obviously, a really big story involving baby Nathan is Inferno. So I wonder, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, I think Inferno stands a really good chance of being adapted. I mean, we also have Storm with the Mohawk, right? And that's something that I've said endlessly on this podcast. I really like the name X-Men 97. But if you're not going to do Onslaught or Age of Apocalypse, stuff like that, why not call it X-Men 87 or X-Men 88? I know it's because it's a continuation of the original X-Men 92 series, which ended. And, you know, they're picking up. So they want you to know that it's going to be X-Men 97. But, like... You know, the original series was always like a melting pot of everything. So, you know, of all the stories, of all the various timelines, it existed in its own timeline. But, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of 80s stories. I, I think Inferno, maybe the Muta Massacre, Massacre. Let's see where it goes there. But to be able to hear Cyclops say, to me, my X-Men, that's an iconic line. Please, thank you. Give it to us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, we've we've long said on this podcast that in Bo DeMaio, we trust Bo DeMaio has gone on the record saying that he's really annoyed when he's been in writer's rooms and for other shows and people who aren't fans are like making fun of the source material. And Bo DeMaio was like, well, for this, for X-Men 97, everyone had to be a fan coming into the writer's room who worked on it. And, you know, they they showed a bunch of good faith by bringing back the Lee Waltz, Larry Houston. We know Lenore Zan, George Busa are back, you know, Cal Dodd as Wolverine. No confirmation on the rest of the, you know, voice actors. I do think we are going to get different voice actors. I mean, it's just the way life works. I mean, I know a couple of voice actors and your voice changes throughout the ages. So, you know, if these characters are still going to be, if we're picking up right where they left off, you know, did their voices change, you know, from an actor perspective? But we do know the original cast is coming back, but we just don't have confirmation right now if they are playing their original characters. It has not been announced. So, you know, we we know the original voice actor for Cyclops did sadly pass away. Norm Spencer passed away in 2020. So, you know, we do have a new voice actor for Cyclops. And that's such a shame because I think Norm Spencer deserves to have that iconic line be said by him but we're really excited you know archangel and bishop being official members of the team that's also something the lee waltz had planned at the end of beyond good and evil we knew that bishop and shard were going to be stranded in the present they would join the x-men so would psylocke and archangel and we have said this again on the podcast that i don't know why we just didn't keep that original plan you know I, I i get it from a network perspective you're like oh well we're doing another season we need to have the same cast but like x-men fans are adaptable we're used to seeing the team change we're used to seeing new members come in and at this point you know psylocke archangel bishop shard they are established in x-men canon in comics and on the show so give it to us but yeah so if you were wondering why psylocke and archangel and bishop were all in beyond good and evil and they kind of just disappeared afterwards is because the original intent at the end was going to be that they join the X-Men. Beyond Good and Evil was supposed to be the series finale until they got renewed again for season five. The series came to an end in 1997. So that's why, again, we're picking up right where we left off. That's why it's called X-Men 97. But again, I would have... I would like to have it to have been called like X-Men 87 or something like that. It's nitpicking. Everything I've heard about 
X-Men 97 has been insanely positive. The reactions have been online really great to this clip that we still haven't seen, but that the animation is absolutely beautiful and wonderful. That's something I've heard through the grapevine from everyone is that, you know, uh, Amelia Vidal, who is, you know, in charge of the character designs for X-Men 97 and is a designer for What If Seasons 1 and 2, beautiful go check out her instagram everything on her instagram is absolutely gorgeous so gorgeous so let me just do a quick refresh of the twitter to see if we can get like a live reaction here on everything when and if the clip ends up online we'll react to it we'll do a proper reaction to it all right so the other thing that we got were x-men 97 marvel legends so it seems that the rectangular list that we covered like oh my god i think like a year and a half ago or a year ago with michelle with jason with hammy and with flink is, is accurate we are getting marvel legends x-men 97 we're getting brogue we're getting wolverine we're getting storm with mohawk gambit magneto and bishop so the Rogue and gambit you know at first i thought look a lot like the target ones that we got during the pandemic that are based off of the animated series but these look very different to me it, it looks like it may be the same body type with a different deco but their faces their heads are different because rogue doesn't look as harsh and her hair looks like it's sculpted differently similarly with gambit his hair looks a bit more frazzled and all over the place Storm, again, I think that's going to be the same body from the 90s Storm that we have, just with the X-Men 97 paint deco, but she has a mohawk, it's big and high, and it looks like her eyes are whited out. Magneto and Wolverine, solid choices, but I'm most excited for Bishop, and shout out to Warpath Dylan over at the House of X podcast, who sent me photos of him. Because he looks great. And he wasn't hitting online. I was like, why didn't they reveal him? He's he's the one everyone's going to want. And he looks good. Because I like the Marvel Legends bishops we have gotten in the past. I believe we've gotten three. We got one recently, obviously, in the last few years with the long hair. And then in the original Toy Biz era, we had the long hair mullet with a bald bishop. So this one has a shaved head. And I love it. I I love I love Bishop with the with the shaved head. I don't like him bald. I liked him with like the shaved head, like you know, with closed buzz, maybe like faded sides, because it's just so onslaught era. I'm really excited for it. So I love it. I'm very excited to be getting uh, Marvel Legends based off of X Men '97. Again, they just look beautiful. They look so good. Bishop looks really really great. I mean, he's going to be the one that's going to be really hard to pin down. I'm sure. Okay, the other thing that, wow, like broke the internet this morning was Kith, who's doing a collaboration with X-Men. And not only are they doing a collaboration with Marvel slash X-Men, but a lot of the stuff looks great. They're doing sneakers, they're doing jackets. And the thing is, it's like their booth at San Diego Comic-Con. Like, what the fuck is it? It's all decked out, red and yellow. X is beautiful art that's just very hyper stylized like from the 90s just that i'm like i'm going crazy like fobo and like you go up and you pay and then like the the wall like like just like swirls and like out comes your shoes like it is technology at its finest like legitimately jealous that we don't have that ah like i'm legitimately jealous that I am not there because I would have been spending the entire time in that booth. Um, They have a Wolverine jacket. They have a jacket with all the character logos on it. It looks great. I am so, so, so fucking jealous. 
but yeah, I mean, check out that that collaboration with Kith. I I feel betrayed. I was just back in the city and I was shopping and I went in. I was in Kith and no indication that they were doing an X Men collaboration. <laughs> no, cause no, no indication. So. You know, unfortunately, I, I'm going to have to order these online if they're available online. But go check out Kith on, on the IG because, man, this this looks good. I'm really excited for it. I mean, that yellow jacket um, for, for that says Xavier Institute with Wolverine. Oh, it's gorgeous. I love it. And I love the art. The art looks so good. Um, All right. So some of the things that we got announced also in the X-Men panel was a Dooms X-Men coming in December. And I'm just like, okay, great. Yay. I don't really care. You know, Maddie is going to have her own Dark X-Men. We have the Doom X-Men. I'm assuming Emma Frost is going to be doing her own team. And maybe this is related to, but they also announced who are the new X-Men. So we have a new X-Men team also coming in 2024. Maybe it's Emma's team. Who knows? But Doom's X-Men, I'm going to tell you, don't care for it. I I know. I'm just being objective, guys. You know what I mean? Like, I just think, like, is this going to be a one and done situation? And that's it. You know, I, I just I need... I, I need the, the X books to start telling really good stories because I'm really excited for Fall of X, but seeing something like Doom's X-Men, I'm like, oh man, not into it. The cover looks great. Cover looks really, really good, but I'm just not, I'm not vibing with it. The next thing that we're getting that I think it's going to require us to have a little bit of a conversation of is X-Men Blue Origins, and it's the Uncanny Spider-Man, aka Nightcrawler, and Mystique. Now, Slight spoiler warning here for the Hellfire Gala that's coming out next week. I did get some tea that maybe Mystique wasn't going to be among the, you know, survivals <laughs> of this Red Wedding style event. I, but she's on this cover. Is it a flashback? I mean, she's standing next to Uncanny Spider-Man here. So, you know, I'm going to assume that she does survive in some way, shape or form. You know, it is Mystique. Just when you think she's dead, she's not really ever dead, is she? But um, I'm really excited for this book because it's going to talk about the real origin of Nightcrawler. Obviously, the Azazel origin that Chuck Austin did, like, at this point, like, two decades ago, like, 20 years ago, was not very much well-received with fans. And I'll tell you why. Because I don't want to... I want to I want to be very clear about X-Men history, right? You know, the long-standing rumor in X-Men history was that Mystique took on the form of a man and impregnated Destiny. I love that. You know what I mean? I really do love that. And and that's was part of what Nightcrawler's lore was. Chuck Austin uh get, takes the book. We did an interview with Chuck Austin. Please listen to it. I don't think we asked him whose idea was it to do the Azazel story, but whether it was his idea or it was Marvel editorial, Azazel became Nightcrawler's father, natural father. And Mystique saying, shouting, I'm in love. And a lot of us at the time were like, wait a minute, Mystique is supposed to be in love with Irene. They're supposed to have a relationship. At the time, it was not confirmed as it is today. We weren't calling Irene Mystique's wife. That's something that we get to say now. But back then, it was kind of like her air quote best friend, right? You know, Wink, wink, nod, nod. So is this going to retcon the Azazel story and give us, you know, Destiny and, and and Mystique as officially Nightcrawler's natural parents? I'm all for it. You know, one of the things that I've talked about, you know, in regards to shapeshifters and, and, and X-Men, 
I think there's a lot to be done with the idea of shapeshifters from an identity, you know, standpoint. And, you know, I think Mystique would be non-binary. I think Mystique could be either a man or a woman. And I think she could impregnate destiny, right? And that Nightcrawler could be very much be a product of that union. It's a really interesting, this is why we like sci-fi. This is like why we love the X-Men. You know what I mean? So when I think of retcons, I'm really sensitive about retcons. As you know, with Miss Marvel, Franklin, Wanda, and Pietro, I'm not the best when it comes to retcons. But I think when you're going to clean up a story, something that was obviously a misfire or, or just didn't really did not land well as the Azazel stuff, I'm okay with them doing that, you know? And, and I think it's just something that we love so much. I will tell you, I think part of the enchantment of being an X-Men fan is that wonder mystique and kind of like our coyness happening behind the scenes, you know, kind of like how they're doing it with Wolverine, Jean and Cyclops. They've never really confirmed their thruple, but they're written as a thruple. I am okay if they do something like that with mystique, destiny and nightcrawlers origin. You know what I mean? It, it's just something that like, it's, it's just like a very appetizing story that's neither confirmed nor deny. And it's left up to the reader's imagination. But you know, I, I think if I if, if they're gonna do the story, just do it full throttle. I want to I want I, I want them to tackle that idea of Mystic being a shapeshifter and being in a relationship with Destiny, who is female identifying and giving birth to Nightcrawler. How does that work? It, it, it would be really interested in it. I think what's really key here is that a character like Mystique, any shapeshifters out there, they would be very gender fluid. So Mystique and Destiny having baby Nightcrawler is very much within the realm of possibilities of this fictional world, right? Of this fictional world, it's very much in the realm of possibilities. So bring it on. I'm 100% so excited for the story. I really, really, really just want it. Okay, so let's talk about the other news item that came in from this panel, from the panel that just happened an hour ago, which is who are the new X-Men coming 2024 uh, uh, with a sneak peek this November. <laughs> oh, I love that. I mean, sometimes I like, I think marketing copy can be kind of patronizing, but I do have to, you know, it's fine. This is being written for a general audience. So coming this November, shh, don't tell anyone, even though this is an ad, but okay. Um, So, I think some of the comments that were said in this panel was that Jonathan Hickman's original story idea for for House of X Powers of 10 was that it was a six-year story. I don't... We've had Jordan D. White on the podcast. He said that the original pitch for this was just a seven-issue mini one-and-done. There'll be something before and something after it, but Hickman will come in between those two stories, do his thing, and then leave. So now, let's just say when they signed on and they started brainstorming, it's been a six-year plan, even though a couple years ago when Hickman left, or I guess last year when Hickman left for Inferno, he was like, oh, no, actually, has Inferno been more than like that? Whenever Inferno and Trial Magneto were, <laughs> I'm like confusing myself. Whenever Inferno and Tri Trial Magneto were, they, they said that this was always the original intent for his story. So I, I'm confused. I don't know why every time we're hearing about Hickman, it's always a different intent. It was supposed to be seven issues. It was supposed to be just like, you know, two, three acts, and now it's a six-year story. 
Fine, sure, whatever. I'm going to give you some tea I have heard around on 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 the Scooper community, the X Men Scooper community. There are talks if Krakoa should stay. So you know I, that's all I know. You know I think they're they're still deciding if it's worked. Again, I've said this endlessly on the podcast. Krakoa has revitalized the X Men brand. Uh, especially in the comic books, I don't think it's been done correctly. I don't think it's been executed correctly. They're they they they're certainly having a lot of issues with stories, keeping momentum in those stories, and keeping you know readers interested in it. I mean, I let's see how the Hellfire Gala goes next week. But I'm hoping Hellfire Gala and Fall of X is really going to revitalize people like myself who have been lifelong X Men fans for over three decades, and even I'm kind of being like, I don't know what the point of this book is, or oh, I'm going to tap out of the weeklies and I'll just read them when they come into my Marvel Unlimited. That is a problem. If someone like me, who during Messiah Complex all the way through, let's say, X-Men Disassembled to Hoxpox to Dawn of X, I had to read the books every Wednesday. I would sometimes even wake up at three in the morning, four in the morning, I forgot when Comixology dropped, it was a weird hour, and download the books as they were happening because I had to read it. I had to know what was happening. I do it now for And Just Like That. And let me tell you, And Just Like That, the, the Sex and the City revival on Max is not very good, but I'm waking up at 4 a.m. and I'm watching those episodes as they drop. So, you know, I'm hoping that they realize that the, the problem is just the storytelling element of Krakoa, but Krakoa as a concept is actually really interesting. Flesh it out a little bit more. Again, I've asked this question endlessly. Do people go to school on Krakoa? Do people have restaurants on Krakoa? Is it only the Green Lagoon Bar? I know they have gates that can take them all around the world, but like, is it, what does this island have? Do they have a grocery store? What if you don't want to take a gate? <laughs> you know what I mean? What if you're someone like Kate Pride, you know, who can't go through the gates? You know, stuff like that. Stuff like that. But anyway, so apparently this is going to have ties to the age of apocalypse which you know we cover here on the podcast with mr scott free we're really excited about that it is age of apocalypse logo from amazing and astonishing x-men so it is from that era we love it um i i don't know what to say i mean it's going to have ties to age of apocalypse are we going to be resurrecting you know mutants from other dimensions is this taking place during fall of x is this you know, is this going to be, you know, what 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 is the story here? Like, is this going to be the new era? Is this going to be Rise of X? You know, whatever it is after Fall of X, is it Rise of X? Are the X Men, you know, gonna gonna go back to the Age of Apocalypse? Leave the Age of Apocalypse alone. You know, again, we're reviewing it here on the podcast. We're sixteen chapters in. We have done a very thorough deep dive on it. I'm telling you, it is a near perfect crossover event. It is just fun. It is just fun. I'm not saying it's well-written by today's standards, but for the 90s, this is a really fun crossover. Let it be. Do not, do not, do not manipulate it anymore. You know what I mean? Like, let's see. But I would think that you're going to have characters like Nate come back. Is Nate Gray coming back? I really want Nate Gray to come back. Blink. Morph, we know Morph is going to play a big role in X-Men 97, and he has the Age of Apocalypse Morph head, so we know we know Marvel Studios loves their synergy. <laughs> you know, Kamala Khan being a mutant. So 
Oh, I'm sorry, a mutant and inhuman hybrid. That's another bit of information that dropped today. But anyways, so let's see who are the who are the new X-Men. Obviously, this is a compounded homage here. Did I say that correctly? Whatever. So new X-Men, obviously Grant Morrison's new X-Men with the Age of Apocalypse logo. So, you know, we have a little bit of Age of Apocalypse. We have a little bit of Grant Morrison there. If I had to wager, we're just going to get a new team. I don't know. Again, I, I I don't know what they're deciding. I, do they still do retreats? I think I, I would imagine they just do everything on Zoom now or like Slack, right? We've talked about the X Men Slack in earlier episodes of the podcast. You know, to be a fly on that wall, right? Can you imagine they're just deciding things? But yeah, so you know, it, it, let's see what they're going to do here. Your guess is as good as mine. I have gotten no tea on this. I would imagine. If I if this is still within Fall of X, I would say this is probably Emma's team. And whoever survives the Hellfire Gala, Emma has assembled a team with Stark resources because Emma is a survivor. She believes in mutant kind. She is going to do her best to rebuild Krakoa or the idea of Krakoa. So I would say this is probably like Emma's team that we're going to be seeing here maybe it's going to be led by cyclops right i think cyclops does survive the hellfire gala because he is at treehouse fighting captain krakoa as we saw a free comic book day and in the trailer we saw an ambulance running away from the burning treehouse so we can assume cyclops is in that ambulance and he's going to be alive and well in some way shape or form um in fall of x so yeah, who are the new X-Men? You tell me. You slide into my DMs. Who do you want to see on it? I honestly, with a lineup like this, I would love to see Rogue, Emma, Nate, Blink, Morph, a Wolverine, whether it's Laura or Logan, maybe both, Bishop, and 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 I, I would love that. Iceman, Monet, you know, Storm. Like, give me all of the X-Men like that, but... I would like them to be, I would, you know what I would want now? I, I'm not vibing with this Krakoan X-Men setup where you vote on a team and it's led by Cyclops and Gene. I'm just like, I want multiple, officially multiple teams. I want like a blue team, a gold team. Again, 90s nostalgia. Can we ever really capture that? I, I Again, I don't know. Maybe some things are better left in the past, but maybe not everything. Sorry, I'm obsessed with and just like that. Waking up at four in the morning, as I've said, Okay, I'm going to refresh my Twitter one more time to see if we got any more stuff in. I'm not seeing the clip here that everyone's been talking about for X-Men 97. Boo-hoo. Let's see. Agent M just posted a selfie with the Marvel Legends X-Men 97 Bishop. Love Agent M so much. But no, I'm not seeing the clip of X-Men 97. I mean, if you know, if it hits later, we'll do a reaction video to it, of course. But as of right now, I'm not seeing it. Um, Marvel San Diego Comic Con uh, booth picks, and we're seeing Alicia from the X Wife as Captain Kate on stage. So proud of her. Love Alicia from the X Wife very much. Yeah, let's see what 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 could come. One of the things that I'm just going to end this video with, I'm like. Why haven't they announced the X-Men vote winner? That makes me really nervous. I mean, again, our polling suggested it was Dazzler. I'm just thinking we have moved on. As from an editorial and fandom perspective, we're like, meh, 
doesn't matter because anyone who wins a vote, they're just in the books in the background for a little while. But, you know, I am hearing that Firestar is going to have an amped up role uh, in, in Fall of X. We saw her on a cover facing against Juggernaut. Did Juggernaut win the vote? Not 100% sold on that, but I think maybe, you know, the solicitations have been a bit misleading, especially the ones that came out today. You know, and with that, we got some previews for the Hellfire Gala next week. And among it was um, Kamala Khan being resurrected by the five on Krakoa. And she's a mutant inhuman hybrid. How the hell that works? I don't know. I have documented my feelings of Kamala being a mutant. I love Miss Marvel very much, but it's a hard pill to swallow given everything we went through during the IVX and humans versus X-Men era. I don't want film rights to be dictating the comics. The comics should be dictating what happens in the MCU. I should be excited about what's happening in the comics, telling my friends, and then when it happens in the MCU, I'll be like, this is how it happened in the comics. The fact of the matter is that the multi-billion dollar franchise that's based off of comics is now di di dictating it. It just makes me a little upset. So it's like, yeah, Miss Marvel was originally supposed to be an, uh, a mutant, but then you know they switched her to an Inhuman because there was an X-Men embargo at the time. And then now we're going to make her a hybrid because X-Men are coming. We have the film rights. And it's going to be great. And I just don't vibe with that. And again, I really love her origin story in the comics. It looks like it's going to remain untouched. They're going to build upon what happened with her in the Terrigan Mist. But yeah, we'll see. Anyways, Familia... That is our Comic-Con recap of all of the X-Men news we have gotten. I know it's a lot, but we will touch base, you know, as the week comes and we will cover everything as it unfolds and make sure to tune into the podcast. Hit up Michelle Waffle Otero on the Instagram. She is on site. Cannot wait to see what else we're going to get.